Hello and welcome to the OMG Movie Podcast, where your MGs, Michael and Matthew, review and discuss the best movies from each year to crown the overall most great movie. Join us as we debate and rate how well movies accomplish their goals, provide memorable moments, and leave lasting legacy. Oh my god. 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 I call them the OMG. Oh my god. 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 Hello, everybody. Buddy, how are you doing, my fellow MG, Michael? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Matthew, and only because I know I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> you've done all the tests. You've passed it. Your DOS mm-hmm. system's in order. And, uh, uh, you're, you're ready for some from real boy food. Like, right off the bat, I got to say that this movie, more than most zombie movies, makes me hate humans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. There's a lot of stuff I learned from this movie. And, and I guess my my opinions on humans are unchanged. I didn't come in with a very high regard for the human race. So <laughs> I, that, that, that part of it wasn't a, a huge sway. But yeah, I, I mean, get ready for two and a half hours of villainous human plots because we are terrible <laughs> by, by AI. We are terrible. Uh, but before we get into the, the nitty gritty of it all, I think that it's important to most people that are watching this movie might be like we were. And at least I'll raise my hand, had never seen this movie before. You're raising right? that hand so, high. Raising that hand real high of, nope, I am an AI virgin. No idea what this movie had in store for me other than it had Haley Joe Osment as a robot. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, Jude Law was going to appear. The only things that I knew other than... It was somehow a Kubrick movie that got moved to, to um, uh, Spielberg Spielberg's. after his death yeah. or something like that. Like, But honestly, that's one of the things I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed this kind of looking back, you know, and, and watching movies and not having to worry about, you know, what were the trailers like? What was the anticipation like? What are like the side things about a movie that I might need to know? I kind of like just treating it as, no, this is, a movie going experience. Like, does this movie deserve to be in a library? Would this be one that I would recommend someone watching or that, you know, you might want to have because you're going to watch it more than more, more than once. Uh-huh. I really like this idea of going back and watching these movies. Cause it's so hard. Like now you watch, Oh, the, you know, the new space jam just came out. Like everyone's got to have an instant reaction, but like, are we really going to know if that's a good or bad movie for the first five minute, five hours? It's or five years. It's out. Probably not. It, you know, is it going to te- stand the test of time like the first Space Jam did? I don't know. Well, you know? and this is uh, when we get into genre stuff, when we're looking at sci-fi movies, I think mm-hmm. they are especially difficult to view out of context of the era that they're made in. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it is social commentary on things that mattered mm-hmm. in the early thousands and late 90s. And what's interesting about the sci the sci-fi genre as a whole is it does 
try to make grand assumptions about our future. And it's mm -hmm. interesting to be able to rewatch this with kind of that in mind is what aspects yeah. were they leaning into? Were they right in certain aspects of AI and whatnot? And that, that's kind of a fun lens to look at. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and, and, and this specific movie's concept of what AI is and what it ultimately will become, I feel like is a big swing. They're making big <laughs> swings in this movie. And uh, I, I think as someone who too had not seen this before this watching, I didn't know how sci-fi this movie was. I thought it was gonna be more of like a drama with sci-fi elements. Mm. Not the case. This is like high concept sci-fi. Well, it only gets higher and higher as the movie progresses. Because it starts <laughs> pretty dang grounded. In. It starts well, yeah. fairly grounded. And then as the movie expands, like, I, I just, I, like, there are times where I just was writing down, what the what? What, like, what is what happening what? right now? What the what? The what, what get, is how? <laughs> we get taken to some far off journeys throughout this movie. Genre wise. I mean, yeah, not all, not all of them are sci-fi in terms of what the movie tries. The first hour, drama. Drama and uh, definitely sci-fi elements, but I'd say heavier on the drama. And then when you get into the back half of this movie, it's like fantastical sci-fi and fantasy. <laughs> they blend those two together. Yeah. Yeah. When I like, you know, when I'm trying to think of like what, what mood would someone need to be in to, to want to put this on, right? regardless if it's a good or bad movie, what mood do you want to be in? Just like, again, if you're going to want to watch like one of the fantastic or not fantastic, one of the fast and furious movies, you better be expecting like a adrenaline ride. Cause if that's not what you're in for it, I don't know exactly what you're going for there. Right. Same thing with this one. For me, the only time that I would say, all right, you have found the right movie put it in and then you can judge if you like it or not is you need to be into a philosophical. Mm -hmm. This movie is chock full of what makes humans humans. It's all about the sci-fi loves yeah. itself in sci-fi. And then yeah, drama, like those are the three things in almost equal components you need to be down for, or I would say, don't even turn the movie on. Yeah. I would say one of the issues this movie doesn't have is child star acting. Haley Joe Osment, slam dunk. Okay, this I is was, I was a little worried where you were going. I'm like, because I was like, yeah, he is great in this. Great. And when you're talking about leads of a movie, screen time galore for Haley Joel. Mm -hmm. He's in this movie nonstop. And he does all that you can from that role, for that role. He really does mm -hmm. bring it as a child AI presence. I believe him 100%. Uh, so that definitely does impact, I think, a lot of where this movie is seen in mm -hmm. its recognition is you got a all-time child acting performance to carry this movie. So mm -hmm. that could be a reason why it, it has some reverence and uh, is a movie from this year that came with a pretty high IMDb score. I think it's probably maybe the third highest we've we've done so far in terms of its IMDb score. So it's got some... Mm -hmm critical acclaim and when you're watching this movie and especially the back half of this movie that is a surprise that the <laughs> critics would be like this movie is like holds its weight but 
Not to say I don't enjoy the second half. I think there's some like surreal elements I'll say it. that I think are fun. <laughs> it's just a different movie. The first half and the second half are completely different into what you're getting out of it. Experience. Yeah, th- yeah, th- yeah. I would I would say three parts. This is a this is a definitive like three part movie where each part is is almost like completely irrelevant to the other parts of the movie. <laughs> Like, yeah, if I didn't know, I would definitely be like, yeah, this feels like there is more than one person in control of this movie. Because, like, there were some definite tone shifts where I'm like, I think that they have that they were making a different movie. Yeah. And I'll and I'll point those out as we go through. But before we get into kind of the the breakdown of the movie and, you know, start kind of really getting into the, the actual components of what happened. Let's I think it's a good place to start off with. Do we want our audience to have watched the movie, right? Are are, uh-huh. are they going to lose some aspects of it by hearing us talk about it if they haven't seen it? So what is your thought on should someone watch this if they haven't watched it? Now, this is going to highlight a difference of opinion between the two MGs. Mm. There's a couple reasons why I would rate a movie as a memorable One is that I liked the movie and I think that I liked elements of the movie and I think that it's worth a casual watch, not something Mm -hmm. that I would put a huge uh, must see, must uh, Mm. must watch recommendation on. I'm going to not bury the lead. This is not an O. This is not (laughs) outstanding. Don't worry about that. That that category is gone. In terms of a movie, I think it's hard to argue it's not garbage. In terms of plot, in terms of um what it's offering as a as an opinion on AI, I think garbage. What it does to me as a bad movie, though, it's extremely watchable. It's very silly. And it's got a lot of surreal moments that if you're watching with the right mindset, I think could really be a fun time. So I would put a qualifying M score on this if you're going into it knowing it's going to be a bad movie, but a bad movie that has redeeming qualities that I don't think are intended. I think the intent of this movie, garbage, to be clear. I do not think it's a good movie, <laughs> nor would I recommend it for someone wanting to watch like an intelligent film. I think this is silly and could be watched and enjoyed while high pretty easily. Uh, I'll, I'll let you be the uh, the master of that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will hundred percent agree. This one doesn't even sniff an O like the back <laughs> half of the alphabet. This thing doesn't even know how to get to, <laughs> this is a G or an M hundred percent. Uh, and yeah, I, I have the same struggles of this is not a movie I will, I will ever recommend. So if, if someone asks me, should I watch this movie? My answer firm, <laughs> no, but should you watch bits and pieces of it should you watch maybe 30 minutes of this two and a half hour movie yeah. yes yeah. there there are especially some of the science fiction sci-fi like um um L, like i'm trying to think of like the computer not computer generated but like the makeup and like some oh, of the, the effects. effects that they effects do are great hold up hold they up do. real good and there are there are definitely there's definitely a good you know we we call it the sizzle reel right you could also call it the the scissor reel of what could I just chop off and say all right this is the only component of the movie that I'd actually want to watch 
that I would say yes. If you can find a YouTube yeah. master cut of like twenty to thirty minutes, you'll enjoy it. It's got you some can make real like good a, shots. You can make a killer like forty-five minute short film. Yeah, <laughs> if they just figured out which of the three movies that are in this they, they want actually to, yeah. want to tell, any one of those three could be done effectively. <laughs> But yeah, that'll be the so right off the bat. Hopefully, if you have not watched the movie, you now know your stance. And if you want to pause and go watch it, great. If not, we're just gonna go ahead and barrel through and start getting into the plot. So, were you a, an official G or were you a, an M? This will be a G. Oh wow! This 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 will okay. be a G. This is the first. Yeah. G it, it's 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 on the border. When we when we get to the actual numerical, we'll actually see you know how close, but. Yeah, it's it's on the border, but to me, this is not something I would ever think about rewatching, and nor would it be something that I would ever think, oh, someone's missing out if they haven't seen this movie. And those are like the two things that are my cutoff for memorable. Either I need yeah. to watch it again, or I think it's something that everyone else should be watching. You know, this one, nah, you're you're okay if this is not in your life. I agree. Like I said, I I think if you're high and you want to be taken for a crazy wacky ride. <laughs> There's, there's better options out there, but there are better work. options. But I mean, it's a niche category here. If you're like really into to high concept sci-fi and some fantasy sprinkled in, and you want to just follow Haley Joel's journey, pop in an edible and just really relax for two and a half hours. Other than that, not a good time. I don't know how I would not fall asleep after like 20 minutes. Like this movie with combined of something that you can get in California. Don't know. Mm -hmm. about, don't know how long I'd be awake for that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So right off the bat is this narration that we hear, this wasn't a part of the first storytelling arc. Like this feels like some weird narration yeah. from spoiler alert, potentially an alien. <laughs> like who's yeah, narrating? Yeah, I didn't think of that till right now, but let's go ahead. Let's play <laughs> the, a clip of the cold open. That's just hard narration about how the world's gone to hell. Those were the years after the ice caps had melted because of the greenhouse gases. And the oceans had risen to drown so many cities along all the shorelines of the world. Amsterdam, Venice, New York, forever lost. Millions of people were displaced. Climate became chaotic. Hundreds of millions of people starved in poorer countries. Elsewhere, a high degree of prosperity survived when most governments in the developed world introduced legal sanctions to strictly license pregnancies. Which was why robots, who were never hungry and who did not consume resources beyond those of their first manufacture, were so essential an economic link in the chain mail of society. To create... So, we learn a lot in that like 45 seconds and i think chaotic climate is just a great way of summing it all up right <laughs> and yet none of that except for the fact that new york gets submerged do we ever come back to like i don't yeah. do we ever see any crazy climate i don't think so like other than do they the, talk the, the sea the sea level rise is all we yeah. see and then yeah. obviously the movie takes a great leap forward at the end to a different like solar or not like a, an ice age that happens so mm -hmm. you might be in like a transitionary period to where it's still livable in this moment i guess but you're exactly right this is one of the biggest fouls of the movie is that it builds a world and uh, like an apocalyptic 
hellscape mm-hmm. and just <laughs> never gets into it, never gets into it. And it's only about the AI element, which sure could be an issue at this time of, of the world where resources are dwindling, but they just totally leave this world devoid of any like character and substance that mm-hmm. all we're left caring about is Haley Joel's journey to being a real boy. Like this, this, this first scene, I both loved and hated. Cause I think first of all, William Hurt. Great. Always, always a good time seeing him in a movie. Love his like opening. Just let me talk to you about what robots are. Do we, we want to play that here real quick? Um, well, let, let me get to a, a point and then I'll have you play it. Okay. Right. So let me ask you. So the world is on a brink of annihilation. Apparently we got crazy climate issues. New York is potentially you know, flooded. Is humanity's options developing smarter AI robots? What, and especially ones that can love is is that really what we should be using our scientific resources for is to make robots that love us when we're all going to die? It seems pretty quick. Well, well, I think what's happening here and they explain it a little bit with the restrictions on birth on, Mm. on pregnancy and stuff is that there's so little resources to give out that we have Mm -hmm. to put a cap on new people being born or they're going to take, the resources that we're already losing. So instead Mm -hmm. we're going to replace new babies with lifelike toy children who don't take any of the resources, but can still give the parents the love that they need from their children. Mm. So it replaces the desire of parents to want physical children. That's a classic human shortcut right there. Don't, (laughs) don't address the underlying problem. Just the, Just the band-aid portion effects. of it. Don't worry about the, the the fact that we don't have resources to supply the next generation. Let's just worry about making sure that the current generation feels loved. Well, and this is the crazy part, is that they're perpetual children that they're making. Yeah. That they, they uh, don't age. They don't have any intellect above a child ever, the, seemingly. And it's like, what are you doing? How is this the... And they're making one brand of child mm-hmm. where there's David's who's Haley Joel. He's model one and only. And then a female one we see later on. That's like Delilah or something weird. Daphne. Darla. I forget what was on her box. Darla or something. or something. Yeah. So it's like you pick model A or model B and then just have this 10 year old around for life. Who loves you. Yeah. Right. Like right off the bat when he's talking about how they'll love you forever and it will be unchanging. I'm like, is that really what people want? Yeah. I don't think that's the goal of being a parent is to have something that just loves you. (laughs) It was, it was, it was just a real weird concept right off the bat before we ever get into any of the AI real boy Pinocchio stuff. We have this like moral thing that never truly gets (laughs) answered. It's just, should we be making robots that that love or that we can love back? Like what? Like that is a great question that that lady answered or asked that never I feel gets answered. 
Yeah, but well, now it's like a good place to play that. Yeah, let's go ahead and play the clip. This is the conceit of the. This is almost like the uh, <laughs> the writers' room that were the mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love like the love of a child for its parents. I propose that we build a robot child who can love a robot child who will genuinely love the parent or parents it imprints on with a love that will never end. Child substitute Mecca. But a Mecca with a mind, with neuronal feedback. You see, what I'm suggesting is that love will be the key by which they acquire a kind of subconscious, never before achieved, an inner world of metaphor, of intuition, of self-motivated reasoning, of dreams. A robot that dreams. Yes. How exactly do we pull this off? <laughs> you know, it occurs to me, um, with all this animus existing against mechas today, it isn't simply a question of creating a robot who can love. It isn't the real conundrum. Can you get a human to love them back? Ours will be a perfect child caught in a freeze frame, always loving, never ill, never changing, with all the childless couples yearning in vain for a license. Our little mecha will not only open up a completely new market, it will fill a great human need. But you haven't answered my question. <laughs> If a robot could genuinely love a person, what responsibility does that person hold toward that mecca in return? Yeah, that's him, a good question. And new bucks. The oldest one of all. But in the beginning, didn't God create Adam to love him? Rowl, rowl, rowl. Yeah, that's his drop the mic moment is like, well, didn't God create us to love him first? Like, what the fuck? Dude? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we have a global nutritionary deficit to, to solve. And you're dealing with, let's make a, like a robot love us better. That's what we need. We're missing conditional like, robot love. Like, this is something I, I don't think I've ever really understood of this idea of sci-fi that there's a human drive to make a robot that can think and act like us. And I, why, why do you want something that has neuronal feedback? Like what, what why do you something. want a robot to dream? What, like, what is that doing for us? But the, because the way he's phrasing it and what he's saying, the concept that he's bringing this up in to create a child to, that mm. will unconditionally love its parent is, is I, I guess interesting but it's a completely different idea than also giving it a subconscious. Yeah. Like why do we care about that in this case? Like if that's your goal, don't put it in a little like, child. That's not fair. Don't put it like a thing that can think and dream into a child body for eternity. That's cruel. Jump, jumping ahead a, a hot second. When like one of Haley's first questions when he actually gets imprinted is, are you going to die? Yeah. What? Wh why? Why are we programming robots to like the first thing they ask about is, "Hey, I love you. What is your mortality?" Like that is. Yeah. I've... Ooh. Well, that's an, because he's getting straight to the point of like, I'm a yeah. never-ending wonder toy, and you're gonna die in fifty years. Like, what's gonna happen to me? I'm gonna be here loving a dead thing for eternity. That mm -hmm. sucks. But be before we get into Haley Joel's role let's get into kind of the narrative of the movie sets up this big moral question can we create a a robot that can dream and have a subconscious and its own like life goals and such and then we transition to 
our two lead parents who are what's their names again? You you recall? Um, I know it's Henry is the dad, and I think mommy. I just got his mommy a bunch, so I don't know if I actually yeah. got her name. It's like Susan or something like that. Sure. We can always go with just the generic Claire, seeing as that's yeah. what we called Grace. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's certain there's certain names that are just interchangeable, and those are that's an example. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> like not to not to make too much fun of this, but like <laughs> this I this entire conceit, this this like 45 minutes of this section. I didn't know if I'm supposed to be afraid of David because they keep playing yeah. it like he's like he's it's almost going to be like a thriller. Like this is going to be this robot son is going to turn to be evil like this felt like is this going to be some kind of weird slasher robot flick based on the music in the background whenever David's doing something and then he just kind of randomly shows up or does something weird and that's only doubled down on when cryo son wakes up well yeah well we're glossing over some of those plot points so this is a family who currently <laughs> has a child who is this movie doesn't, in a coma. doesn't like its plot points so <laughs> I mean, you got to give it this one at least. It did set this up. They, they yeah. have a child who is in an unresponsive coma, and the science people are like, "We don't know what can be done. You you need to move on. Like this kid's kid's not coming back." And then mm -hmm. the dad, in order to like cheer up the mom because she's obviously depressed, he's mm -hmm. like, "Hey, we're gonna get a new robot boy." And I guess this is not a common thing. Like robot children aren't around in this world, but there's a ton of robot people. Like robot right. servants, robot sex slaves, robot anything you think of. Just they haven't made robot kids yet. Like in, in to, to, to flashback for a second, is would William Hurt in today's day and age be canceled for asking a, a a sex mecca to start undressing in front of a entire group of of a robotic specialists? That I didn't know what was happening there, and then just to stop her, like after she, she undid two buttons, like what wh what is this for? Why would you start asking this mecha to undress only to stop her after like one button? Like, yeah, it, that was it, it was real confusing. It was more for us as the audience to see like the mecha in action, which is a cool like I like that term. Oh. They called the the robots were mechas, and then the organics were orgs. Orgas. Orgas. Yeah, which is pretty I like that. That's fun lure. Makes uh, me feel but, like a like a like a big big mammal swimming through. Yeah. I'm an orca. Henry, Henry or Daddy in this situation brings back Haley Joel as David mm -hmm. to to be the new replacement son. Yeah. And I mean, always a great time when your first like statement to someone is don't kill me. Yeah, like that's <laughs> usually not how you start. I did something great for you. Yeah, don't kill me, but I did get us a robot child. I'm sorry. I should have consulted you first. I don't really know what the selection process was, but they they were chosen to be David's example or um whatever it's called trial parents. For yeah, some reason. because the dad works at at the cryogenics place, and they suffered the tragedy, and apparently has a good work history. So. Uh, the scientists trust him <laughs> to, to yeah, be the that's... trial. But again, like the trial, it must be just a trial to see if everything's working because they very clearly say it's a one-time use robot. Like yeah. once well, it gets get encoded, yeah. 
<laughs> so this is the this is the section on how David imprints to his eventual parents, and that that thus creating a a uh, non transferable love bond that yeah. David will always have. If my company has placed on me on us is extraordinary. Now there are a few simple procedures we need to follow if and when you decide to keep David. If you decide to keep him, there's an imprinting protocol consisting of a code string of seven particular words which need to be spoken to David in the predefined order that's been printed here. Now, Monica, for our own protection, this imprinting is irreversible. The robot child's love would be sealed in a sense hardwired and would be part of him forever. Because of this, after imprinting, no mecha child can be resold. If an adopted parent should ever decide not to keep the child, they must return it to Cybertronics for destruction. I had to sign a letter of agreement or they wouldn't even let you see David. You have to sign it too, right here. Nuts. Like, what a what nuts is contract that is. I guess like the love is so strong that, <laughs> that they'll come get you, like no matter what. You would have won it in the wrong hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what that was we get to later on. Love and hate go hand to hand Some for some reason. You have the capacity <laughs> to love, you have the capacity to hate. Everyone according to that. according to one person that's that's apparently <laughs> how it works yep but yeah this this really got like this is i think if you want to think like philosophical this is the question i think this movie really wanted to try and address and then just copped out at a certain point was yeah what what responsibility do you owe someone who loves you uh-huh. especially if you chose to install that love on them <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> is that's what they're doing? They're like, I'm, I command you to love me unconditionally, and then there's no out clause other than that we're going to destroy you because I didn't love your love. Yeah, like just think about right now. If like if like no like you have to get a license to have a kid, but you have to sign a document that says if you have a kid, you are going to support that kid at least until they're 18. Like I know that yes, that you could say that, but no, there's not truly any kind of like actual responsibility. You could just drop your kid off on the side of the road like they do David if they, you know, as long as it's like a fireplace and just give it to someone else. Yeah. Those are that would be a, a great rule a rule to have. It's like if mm-hmm. you can't raise your kid to maturation, you got to bring him back and we kill him. And that's just the way it is. You, you wow. can you take this commitment for life. Or you give back the child you made because they're taking too much resources. That's right. We're going to take all those resources back. Yeah, we're going to grind them up. Uh, but yeah, it would be just a, such a different reality or a different world if people had to actually like, make a logical, accountable decision on if they want to have a child and if they're actually going to care for it and not just, oops, well, we had an accident. Here it is. Yeah. You know, ho- hopefully we do well. But in this case, we get, I think, maybe 10 minutes of David warming up to, to the mom mostly. And they're like kind of having fun together. And she's getting over the loss of her real son. And then we get to a point where we get one of a new, uh, one of the most disturbing characters, maybe in cinematic history, is revealed <laughs> Teddy. Teddy. What? Disturbing? You mean fantastic? Uh, I mean, to each their own in terms of fantastic, but just listen to the voice and the voice, which is not indicative of a cuddly teddy bear, does not do its evil eyes justice. When this thing wakes up from the slumber <laughs> I was in, it's got such evil eyes that I, th- there's no doubt that I, and I, and I think most of the audience would infer 
this isn't going to be a kill duo. Like David and Teddy are going to do something nefarious to this family with the amount of anger Teddy wakes up with. I mean, when Teddy... When... His name is Teddy. Teddy, this is David. Hello, Teddy. Hello, David. David, Teddy is a super toy, and I know you'll take good care of each other. I am not a toy. That's right. That was creepy. Yeah. That, okay. That, yeah. Yeah. When he like, well, yeah, when he first comes on the scene, just like with David, I don't know what they're trying to do with him. Like, am I <laughs> supposed to be creeped out? Like, they show David. I mean, again, a little foreshadowing. When they first show him, they definitely have like the extraterrestrial kind of frame of his, of his yeah. body to have like the super long skinny neck and he looks very extraterrestrial in nature like everything about this opening 30 minutes essentially is i feel like i'm supposed to be afraid of robots yeah and that's I, not at all where this movie goes so i'm like mm-hmm. well why why are we spending so much time making me not really certain of what these robots motivations are when no, they're all good. Like, just like, let's get us there faster. Like, I don't know. Like the, you, you, you answer me this. Is there anything that highlights the love that mommy and David have more <laughs> than him making coffee? No, that's like, the, that's <laughs> like the true is that's the, the, that's when she knows that he loves her in the way that like, you're, you're doing kind little thing, little gestures. And it's like, that's where she's starting to believe the bonding process has worked, but it's like, it's not a kid. That's the part that's mm-hmm. so disturbing is it's an eternal toy child. Mm-hmm. And you're asking it for its unconditional love. And it's like, what are you, what are you going to get from a child forever? Like the, the love that a parent is supposed to get from its child is that you're providing nurture and care and love for something that you're getting to see grow up into like an individual person and then Mm -hmm. usher them off into society and be proud of what you've accomplished in their upbringing this is not that this is like you're getting a pet that never dies doesn't mature or age Mm -hmm. it's just a disturbing concept and it's really hard to understand why they'd agree to it why this would have been created as a product just a really troubling thought. And I, I can understand the idea is that this whole idea of David is that they're trying to go for that quantitatively different kind of robot. Essentially, a robot that thinks for himself is, is what we're led to believe. Okay, I can get behind that. But are you still telling me that you would make a robot that would, con- like, that would consciously be able to choose to eat something that it knows is going to damage itself. Like, yeah. like there is no DOS on this, on this David at all. Like, <laughs> and, and not only that can willingly like disobey, which I guess is the yeah. point of a free will robot. But in this scene, okay. which I'm going to play here in a second, he's like competitively eating spinach with the, the suddenly awake, uh, real boy brother. Mm-hmm. He just like is awake from his coma, gets ushered back into the home. And now he's like, completely antagonistic with david like they're they're rival brothers um and and then we get this like competitive spinach eating contest here wet noises yeah i don't like that does he eat does he eat 
Good months he hasn't. Martin, put the fork down. Stop. Put it down now. Stop, David. David, stop, stop it. Martin, you're provoking him, okay? Stop it. Stop it, David. Stop it. stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop it. David, stop it. It's just like, what are we doing here? He needs to be able to obey a direct stop in order. Especially yeah. when he's doing something that's going to corrupt his system. Yeah. I don't got money to go send you to have a deep clean every time you want some spinach, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, multiple times. I like how, what, what is the reasoning behind making or wanting a robot that doesn't have a fail safe? Yeah. Like there needs to be a David, 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 stop, stop, stop. And then he stops everything. <laughs> like number one, the first time I would be using that would be during his laugh. Oh, yes. Play that oh. real quick. Well, Ooh. they don't take the laugh as scary. They no, get into I it. I don't know how. I don't know how they don't take it as scary. This, if, if you're objectively seeing this, like if it's like a fly on the wall of this family who's just like silently eating dinner. I'd jump out the window. Yeah. Let's just take a listen. <laughs> you're not going to get the full like understanding of how this truly sadistic it is without the look and expression on everyone's face but the sound is pretty is pretty indicative too so long i mean is that a people eating spaghetti and laughing about it or b victims of the joker <laughs> <laughs> like what's in that pasta we take some lsd tonight like, like what's going on and again everything about david was programmed in including that laughter or is that how like is that how he thinks laughter sounds like Oh, so many yeah. questions about why. Why would that happen? Why is just, he laughing even? Especially considering like we see other Mecca that have completely, I mean, they programmed him as a child, which I think is the issue. But then we see yeah. so many other Meccas that can hold conversation, can mm. abide by social cues. And this isn't right, what he's doing here. This is scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that maniacal laugh? Which is provoked because, like, the mom has a little bit of cheese hanging out of her mouth after she, like, sucks up some spaghetti. She got a little mm -hmm. bit of cheese hanging down. And David just goes bonkers. And then the mommy and daddy are just like, yeah, this is funny. They're not <laughs> terrified. Uh, but, yeah, so now we, we get a OG son. We get cryo son back in, the, back in the fold. And now, again, is where I talk to my robot designers and say, are you telling me that there's not, like, a video chip or some kind of memory inside David that would be able to get replayed to explain why he's doing what he's doing. Cause like everything he's doing, every decision he does is because humans are making him do it essentially. And yet mm -hmm. he gets fully judged when there should be no doubt that they could go back and see, well, here's why David made the decision. Let's go back and see his memory tree. Oh yeah. yeah. Son told him to go cut your hair. Go yeah, deal which with was a weird scene. It's like, I, I, Get the that the that real real boy Martin is trying to 
to dupe David. He's trying to, mm-hmm. to get him in trouble by having him cut a lock of hair off of mommy's head. Yeah. Which small stakes. And the dad freaks out about this. Like he goes, cuts off like a little teeny bit of hair because Martin told him to do it. Mm-hmm. And the dad like goes off the deep end about David. And there might've been a lot of like other things that mm-hmm. like little things that were making him think David's not safe, but this really puts him in the corner of like, David is out to get us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, I guess, a little bit on David's fault. I don't know what kind of arts and crafts they have, but he did seem to pick like the shears as far as <laughs> as far as uh, scissors go. Like those things did look like they could do some damage. He did not take like the school friskers scissors. No. You know what I mean? Well, you're not going to be able to cut hair that good. If you take if the scissors aren't sharp enough, you're going to do more damage than you want. You're going to be it's a bad cut. You have to like saw through it. Yeah, and that's obviously going through David's motor functions as he's picking up the. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, like, again, he chooses to whatever reason, just kind of stay there and act creepy. Like, again, this is like, man, someone someone needs to show robots how to not just be creepy. That needs to be a part of their programming. And David missed those days of programming because yeah. he knows how to be creepy. That's day one at robot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, my let's boy, play... oh, sorry, who's there ahead. to help out, though? Just saying. Teddy. Teddy? Well, Teddy's we'll there to, to that. We'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> well, let's play um, the dad's reaction the day after to the haircut incident. Normal for little boys to feel jealous and competitive. Martin's only been home a month, and it's normal for brothers to challenge each other. He, he was playing a game. He made a mistake, and he's practically human. It's not how he looked holding the knife. Scissors. It was a weapon. Why do you keep <laughs> imagining that he was purposely trying to harm me? And because we don't know the answer to that. How is he worth the risk to you, or to Martin, or to us as a family? I will not let you take him back. You told me what would happen if we ever took him back. Think about this. If he was created to love, then it's reasonable to assume he knows how to hate. If pushed to those extremes, what is he really capable of? Hey, Henry, those are great thoughts to have before you bring the robot (laughs) home, dude. It stands to reason. If he's if he has the capacity to love, he has the capacity to hate. Like, no, it doesn't. That when you're a robot, like mm-hmm. we program the capacity to love. Why are we also programming the capacity to hate? That should be written out. Yeah. Well, you, you you know what they say. You know, if uh, if LeBron can score fifty, he could easily take minus fifty off the scoreboard. <laughs> it's the yin and the yang. But we get we get the next scene. Basically, is Daddy being proven right? That David is yeah. a, a loose end that needs to be taken care of, honestly, because this is crazy what happens. It's a birthday party for Martin, and there's a bunch of his friends over, and, and they, they start goofing on David, mm. as you do. He's a robot boy toy. Doesn't have feelings to hurt. I don't see the harm in this scene too much, but let's play it, and then we can get our reactions to, to what goes on with David. Does he have DOS? DOS what? That's is good. Damage avoidance system. DOS. It's a pain alert system. Our serving man has it. It's so they don't go picking up fire with their bare hands and stuff. Watch. Watch this. Now, I'm not going to cut you. This isn't going to hurt. I'm not going to cut your skin. Just tell me when you feel it. Can you save Martin? Can you save Let me go! Can you save Martin? Let me go! Mom! 
And then he proceeds to physically drown Martin. That is crazy. What do you do at that point? I mean, especially like there's been up to, I mean, even 20 years ago, there was at least a good 50 or 60 years of a lot of robot books and movies (laughs) where the number one thing you program into a robot is you cannot hurt humans. Right? Yeah. No. David, in order for David to be able to dream, we can't put any kind of safeguards in. There's no (laughs) emergency shutdown words. There's no, hey, do not drag your brother down to the bottom of the pool and leave him. Or again, obey a command of no. Just like, stop it. Stop drowning me. Because he keeps, as Martin keeps asking, it's not like a lack of trying. He's ripping him off. He's trying to get out of it. And David's like, no, you're going down, buddy. And using the guise of like, oh, you guys are messing me with a knife. What do you mean? The guy, that, that friend was very clear. This is a test. I'm not going to pierce your skin. I'm not cutting you. And he doesn't cut him. And he, David freaks out. I, I disagree. I think the idea there was the dude was saying, I'm not going to do it. But he is. Like, he does you think start. He does that. Well, he starts, but he doesn't yeah. do it. Well, I think he was going to, and that's when David goes like, oh, he's lying to me. Like, this guy is telling me the words I want to hear that I'm not going to get hurt, but he is, he just did put the actual thing into my skin. Now, would I, again, it would have been much clearer if they had shown that he had a cut, but then you wouldn't be able to have the parents react like they do, like David's trying to murder them all, which I I, I can't, I can't, at this point, I can't be super mad at the parents because if this is all the knowledge that you had, yeah, maybe David is defective and he is trying to kill some bitches. But if I know any background about what's going on or there's any way that I could see why David did what he did or just ask him, the explanations are 100% not David. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have grabbed Martin and dragged him down to the ocean or <laughs> the ocean to the bottom of the pool. But, but I mean, David loves the water. We know that. <laughs> we know that he's a water boy. <laughs> What's what's wild to me, and this is a part of the movie that gets massive fouls on, is why? Because D- David's one of a kind. He's a test pilot. He's mm-hmm. he's the only one of the David line that's out yet. Is he not being observed, brought back in for reporting, treated differently? And you would think that mm-hmm. there would be a way that they could bring him back to the main dude and be like, hey, something's wrong. David tried to kill Martin. He's not been acting kindly he's been eating spinach mm-hmm. like fix him uh, fix him like go tinker the wires mm-hmm. and we'll try the reprogram like i did but no they instead the mom takes him to the wild and drops him off yeah like if anything this movie made me grateful and happy that somehow while still having a brother i'm able to be a healthy, productive member of society. Because this movie makes it think like having a brother is like only one can survive Highlander style. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's mommy going to love more? It's me or you. We're, we're going to fight to the bitter end for mommy. And I am willing to do some dastardly things to make it be me that wins. <laughs> like, that also got me thinking, how much would this movie be different? Because it feels like David only imprints on the mom because the mom is the one who reads the seven magic words. Like, uh-huh. why, why, why wasn't Henry there? 
why don't they do that again when Martin wakes up so that David not only loves just the mom, why doesn't he love anybody else in his family? Good question. I don't know. I don't know if, like, if Henry was ready for that kind of love. Rightfully, he's like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to play with this kind of dark magic and get this robot thing and love me this much. Oh, like, yeah. I'm going to say this is basically the end of act one, end of movie one here. The end of the family. Yeah. Family time's done at this point. Thankfully. Yeah. It sucks we spent 50 minutes to get to this point, but this is where I'm going to get to my, my personal scissor reel. Because again, I like this movie because of how bad it is. And I think the most enjoyable section here for just craziness is the next probably 30 minutes from here. When he gets dropped off into the wild and then you get the mom and him like screaming at each other. Don't leave me. I'm leaving you. Please don't leave me. I love you so much. And there's all this like back and forth and just like craziness. It's just the beginning of a wild ride. This is crazy what happens here. Like and it starts with just some truly crazy letters that David is writing to his mom. Did you happen to see some of these letters that he's writing? Yeah, I did. Like, this is sociopath work. Yeah. When she responds, again, I think your only answer here is throw him into the woods or take him back for, you know, uh, for being burned to death or whatever, however you dispose of a robot kid. Yeah, and apparently just... You cannot keep David. Uh, I mean, I guess like, yeah, it's either David or Martin. I choose David, but I can understand. it. Put Martin back in the Cairo Cairo cube. And- Martin seems <laughs> fine. Other than this, like being antagonistic to David, which like he's a robot boy. I don't I don't have sympathy. I'm sorry. You shouldn't program a robot boy to have emotions. Do you think that? the only reason that we make robots, at least in this world to look like us is kind of that initial question that that lady asks of, you know, can we love a robot back? And I mean, I know that there's been what that movie, her, that was about uh, Joaquin uh-huh. falling in love with just an operating system. Yeah. But I wonder if like that was way too far advanced when this movie was coming out to think about why make David a boy? Why not make him, something else like if the idea is can we love a robot it's not can we love a robot that is mimicking a human child and looks exactly like one why does it have to be that yeah that's kind of an issue with this movie is that it tries to to posit these big questions but it doesn't really the questions aren't that big they're they're more of just kind of a really specific thing that i don't care about like i don't want to make a child that's capable of love and reason that doesn't age like that's not interesting to me but the yeah the decision that she makes to get rid of david i think is one that you have to support you have to keep your real child martin david was a temporary attempt to filling a void that you no longer need to fill he got martin mm-hmm. and he's a robot boy it is what it is See, I, mean, I understand. I mean, I, I would have gotten rid of Henry or Martin first, but I mean, I understand. Mommy's got to make her own decisions. Yeah. But well, mommy's well, decision of how she gets rid of him and how to prep him for his immediate immersion into a crazy ass world that we are not prepared for as an audience. No. And David is not prepared for for as a mecha boy. No, we are le- we are less prepared than David to see what's going to come next. <laughs> but before we do that, I just 
because you're talking about where you found enjoyment of like the badness of it. When I I saw these letters that he's writing, and I I'm like, no, there's no way that they wrote these like to be legit. Like they must not have thought that you could actually go back and watch and read what these letters say. Because I think there's four that we clearly see. The first one says, "Dear mommy, how are you really?" Do you love me as much? And then that's all you can see of it. Yeah. How are you really? Love it. The next one is, dear mommy, Teddy is helping me write to you. I love you and Teddy. Okay. Uh All right. That one's a little little, little legit one. Next one. Dear mommy, I love you and Henry and the sun is shining. Nice. You always got to throw out some some specifics of what you're seeing while you're writing. Some context. Dear mommy, I'm really our son and I hate Teddy. He is not real like, and then just ends. Yeah. Weird. Okay. We're getting there. Well, we are getting that, that, that love and hate. Apparently he is able to hate. You can write it down. And then the last one, dear mommy, I'm your little boy. And so is Martin, but not Teddy. What's Teddy doing? Like, yeah. What? Like, I I, want to see Teddy be like the coach as he's helping David write these letters. I don't know. I just say I think Teddy's got a lot of dark energy. I don't know. Teddy is by far my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> I, I want a Teddy's get Teddy in the next Toy Story movie is all I'm asking. What a dark turn of a Toy Story that would be. I just think there's so much going on with him that I want to know what his purpose is as a super toy because he seems like he's maybe a mentor, but like too old to be like, mm. the voice of a bear for a child, not at all like kind and cuddly like you'd want from a stuffed animal. I just, <laughs> I don't know what his purpose is or his design, but I think there's a lot of questions for like the purpose of Teddy. I mean, just enjoyment is is what I get. That's his purpose. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's get into this. Uh, yes, woods no, yeah, now we get into the dump off in the woods. So yes, please yeah. take it away. There's a lot. I can't play all. I would really recommend <laughs> watching this. It's probably like, three, four minutes of just her driving him, dropping off, having a complete meltdown in the woods with him, Mm -hmm. crying. I'm not going to play all that, but it's really good. I'd say watch it. But I will say she gives him two bits of advice. (laughs) One, she said, so this is advice bit number one. Never let them catch you. Listen, stay away from flesh fairs, away from there are lots of people. Stay away from all people, only others like you, only Mecca are safe. Okay, why do you want to leave me? Why do you want to So we learned, as an audience, we're learning this too. Okay, so he can't trust any people. People are, are not going to like a robot boy. Okay. Yep. Friggin' flesh fairs are a thing, which I still wasn't sure what that meant. Until we saw right. what a flesh fair was, and it's in it, yeah. which is nuts. But yeah, you see the idea of like you're telling us like, don't go near a flesh fair, don't go near people, <laughs> don't go near anybody. Only trust Mecca. <laughs> what? Why are you? Lo- like, this is the most crazy way to give exposition of the world to us and to David. Yeah. Well. Just in case you're like, oh, what's going to happen now? Well, here's where we get our, and I'll say, we'll get a, we get a hard cut to a brand new universe that we have never seen before after this. But before we get there, is there anything else about the woods that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, yeah. One one more thing is I, I do like that she admits that she's not really telling him anything. And I feel like this is kind of the movie telling the audience. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the world. 
Yeah, I bet you are sorry you didn't tell me about the world because I have no yeah. idea what's going on in the world in this movie because you've told me yeah. nothing about it. And you know what? Like, there's no time frame here, lady. Like, put me in the woods, come back tomorrow and tell me about the world. Like, <laughs> you are making me leave and telling me that I'm sorry I didn't have time to tell you about the world. Where am I going? I'll yeah, hide by survive. this tree. You, you tell me what the world is tomorrow when you come back and say hi. No, you just... You don't care about you not telling me about the world. Yeah, she just uh. points to the east and says, don't go in that direction. <laughs> go anywhere else. <laughs> okay. And then we get maybe the quote of the movie given by, by David himself <laughs> and, his, and his pleading not to be released uh, into the woods by on his own. I'm sorry I'm not real. If you let me, I'll be so real for you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'll be so real for you, Mommy. You won't even know what a real boy is anymore. Like, that was so shades of Halle Berry and Monsters Ball. It gave me the <laughs> real creeps. It was so desperate. But that's Haley Joel, man. He's going for it. Like, he's acting so hard in this scene. Like, he, mm -hmm. it's devastating. It's hilarious, but devastating to see Haley Joel be left off in the woods by his mommy here. It's when he, devastating. When he comes out of the car carrying like a picnic blanket and stuff, he thinks they're going to read the time. room, David. Yeah, and he's just abandoned. Like, you don't see movies like this. Like, an actual, like, out of context of what this scene is, like, you're seeing a mom abandon a 10-year-old boy in the woods with a teddy bear? Like, that is wild stuff we're watching here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that is, again, this movie is a movie in three completely unique parts. That That is the end of our family drama component of the movie. Like, we we never see any of these characters ever again. In reality, we do yeah. see one come back a little bit later in something else. Yeah. But that's the end of the family. We yeah. like if, if this, you think this is a journey to go back to that family, uh-uh. That uh, family don't care about David. We no. don't see anything else about that family. Is, yeah, this is now a journey to be a real boy. This is it's just become literal Pinocchio. The mom read him mm -hmm. Pinocchio. He's now obsessed with the blue fairy that he can be fully transformed into a real boy. That's that and that's what he thinks is gonna get the love of mommy. I'm I I'm just thinking like obviously Martin chooses that book as kind of like it seems like a vindictive thing. Like, mm -hmm. ha ha, I'm gonna have mom read a book about you not being a real boy. Like again, stellar job grow, growing up that Martin. He's the one you gotta keep. He's gonna well, be a real clever. good boy. He's a clever boy, Martin. Yeah, he is clever. I'll give him that. He can be undetected that he's the one causing all the issues. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, like what 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 other book could could we have gotten him that would have been able to make this plot work? Like if he had never heard of Pinocchio, I don't know what happens. He he has another mental breakdown about something else that his mom said. It's just it's really the the defectiveness of the purpose of his robotness. Yeah, you've made him unconditionally love mommy. This is mm -hmm. the reason why you can't give him, make him take the love oath and then not love him back. It's because now yeah. you've, you have this like renegade robot who's capable of anything out there trying to reunite with you and it, by any means necessary, whatever goes down with them. And see, this is where I want, like this movie should have now turned into the Terminator and David should have had a hidden thing of if your parents turn <laughs> you in, you go after them. 
Like, yeah. let's, let's make this happen. Like, all right, yeah. mommy and Henry, you're going down now. Yeah, well, it should have been like, uh, I'm now programmed to kill Martin. Like, I'm going to take away the obstacle of your love. Like, yeah. You love I mean, me can, before Martin. Yeah. We've seen he doesn't have any kind of stoppers that make him not be able to harm something. He so certainly why not? tried to kill Martin. He tried to kill Martin by drowning him. Didn't work out. I mean, yeah. Motivation, I guess, is the hard one on that one. But <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so now is when we get into like the true like sci-fi world's adventure. Yes. Right. And we get introduced to, I mean, if Haley Joel wasn't here, I could do nothing but talk about how great Jude Law yeah, is in this. Jude Law is great. Like, and he's a sex robot, which he's great at. He's great at being, his name's Joe, and he's got a lot of great catchphrases. And he just like mm -hmm. is a, a truly a, a gentleman to a lot of women and just and gives him pleasure. That's his job. And he's good at it. And the issue I get is we, when we're introduced to him, he's, He's in the middle of his for of a job with a, a very it seems like a woman that's being abused by somebody who wants to mm -hmm. have sex with a sex robot but scared about it. Mm -hmm. He's very gentle with her. He's kind. And then we flash to another hookup that he's doing another job. This is where we get into some drama with the, with the Joe sex work plotline. Is he goes to meet up with I think her name's Samantha, and she's been murdered. Let's play this scene real quick. Hey, Joe, what do you know? How many seconds has it been the last time the two of you were together? 255,133. Goodbye, Sam. And never forget. You killed me first. I'm in bad trouble. Why? I know. That's the biggest question here. A lot of things come up in this scene, like the reality of robot sex work, accepting that part of it. And then we got Veronica Mars's dad, who's mm -hmm. killed Samantha for cheating on him with a sex robot. And now... Somehow, he's being framed. Joe's now going to be framed for this. There is so many questions I have about Joe's work and how, like, just everything. Who's making the money? Like, mm -hmm. Is Joe a free-range operator? Does his money just go directly to whoever built him? This seems to be just a willy-nilly. You walk around and just <laughs> make, you know, hook up with people who want to hook up with you, but like. What if he just wants a day off? Is there such a thing? Is he working 24 hours a day? I have no idea what is going on with these robots. And then to tell me that you could set a murder up for, or a robot up for murder? How? Like, is he capable of it? I mean, apparently these robots don't have the Isomoff safe code of don't kill a human. So <laughs> I suppose they could. If that's the case, like, there should be, I mean, I guess there are, there's a huge, this is another issue of not building up the, the world is there seems to be a very large divide amongst people, orgas, mm -hmm. that they're anti-robot, like exterminate the robots. And there's also people that are like, no, we use robots as servants and sex slaves. Let's keep them. Right? That seems to be the world that I we're living in. I need my sexy Roomba and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these things serve a valuable function. And I just don't understand really what 
is the true goings on of this back and forth between those two rival factions? Like, is this, is this like a thing that's happening all over the world? Is this like an issue over who's in a reign supreme? Is there a robot organization? People mm-hmm. building robots? Like, what's going on? Like, what's happening here? How can yeah. they be framed for murder? That's so nuts to me. That's like, that's just now like happened. Like Jude Law's yeah. character is now just wanted for murder of this girl. Yeah, and it, it must happen enough where they have like an actual robot like police force going to cap capture capture robots. Which that's is the third bad half of this movie. Yes, the the robot capture crew, the hounds, mm-hmm. are legit. And this is all part of the scissor reel. I definitely recommend all of this from dropping off into the woods up until like maybe the, the doctor knows stuff. Watch all of this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is for the most part, the 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> that's actually interesting is when things are happening. And when you have Jude law on screen, when, yeah, when so you don't when have the, Jude law, uh, Jude law <laughs> carries this. And this is his like big exposition about the, um, the dynamics between humans and robots as, as he sees it, which is pretty freaking deep for a sex robot. Yeah. They hate us, you know. The humans, they'll stop at nothing. My mommy doesn't hate me because I'm special and unique because there's never been anyone like me before, ever. Mommy loves Martin because he is real, and when I am real, Mommy's going to read to me and tuck me in my bed and sing to me and listen to what I say, and she will cuddle with me and tell me every day, a hundred times a day, that she loves me. She loves what you do for her. As my customers love what it is I do for them. But she does not love you, David. She cannot love you. You are neither flesh nor blood. You are not a dog or a cat or a canary. You were designed and built specific like the rest of us. And you are alone now only because they tired of you or replaced you with a younger model or were displeased with something you said or broke. They made us too smart, too quick and too many. We are suffering for the mistakes they made because when the end comes, all that will be left is us. That's why they hate us. And that's why you must stay here. With me. Is that why they hate them? Because they're going to be the ones that are left? I mean, I'm I'm more fascinated with David's view of what love is. Is I want to be listened to, and I want to be cuddled. I want to said I get that you love me a hundred times a day, times a day for eternity. Uh, For eternity. Why are we making this robot boy? It doesn't make sense. Like that's what this thing wants. Like more than anything in the world is just for his mom to say I love you a hundred times a day, and listen to what I say. And we're making that. We're making something yeah. that only wants that and has that one desire. And like making it like not just like superficial, like, oh, I want to have sex with humans like uh, like Joe has over there. No, like this is something that we want you to dream about. <sighs> we want you to suffer when you don't feel love, little boy. Yeah, wild, wild. And the, the, the idea that a sex robot is waxing poetic about like the 
the galactic struggle of supremacy between humans and robots. Like nuts, mm -hmm. nuts a little scene here, but also love it. I'm here for it. But I, I want to go back to the, the 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 framing of the of Joe for murder, right? So there has to be <laughs> something about the number of seconds, other than it just sounds like they're going to start singing Rent. <laughs> but it, did you do the calculation on how long that's been? No. No. Well, only only some of us can be dedicated to the math. <laughs> yeah, I did not give a shit about how long that was. So, well, I was because I was trying to figure out. Are we saying I'm because I'm assuming that's that's Samantha's husband, Veronica Mars's yeah, dad yeah, is, is I gotta assume the husband at some point. Yeah. So either he killed he just killed her and called Joe over to to make it seem like Joe killed her and somehow all the videos in that hotel have been turned off, they don't see him enter or exit. Yeah. Or Joe had been with Samantha 2255,133 seconds ago in that room. The husband came in, killed her, and now called her three days later so that the only person that could have done it would be Joe. But that doesn't quite know. make she sense because she looks freshly, freshly dead. dead. Yeah. 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 I think but, that's the first scenario. But just so you know, that would be roughly 70 hours or roughly three days. So every three days, you need some Joe D. Yeah, I mean, he's that good. And I believe that it. vitamin Joe. I believe that. Uh, but yeah, a wild, a wild concept that there's like rogue yeah. robots out there. And they, they also make a point to show that he has like a, a little like a green... What's it like a like box, a D tag? A D tag yeah. on his chest that is supposed to indicate if he's a lawful robot. Yeah, and then which apparently that, you can just take off. Yeah, he you can which just is take like it off. An indication that now he can't show that he's lawful, so he's now yeah a rogue dude. And this is where we get into another crazy part of the world. We have uh, the 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 flesh fair people who are trying to round up robots, rogue robots who just scavenge the woods. They they. They're, they're, they they make this like booby. This is this is what I interpreted from what was happening. These woods There's are crawling with robots. Crawling they are loud with robots. Well, what they do? So they they do like a bait and switch tactic. Well, they they bring out all these spare parts of robots, and and they dump it into the woods, and then you get all of these scavenger robots come swarming the pile looking for spare parts, which is a really cool scene, really yeah. great graphics on this especially where they're grabbing like jaws off of a uh, one dead robot and replacing theirs or hands and they're all being like super helpful to each other like mm -hmm. awesome to see camaraderie and then out of nowhere we get this giant ass moon that shows mm -hmm. up also awesome graphics love the 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 moon visual mm -hmm. and then it like starts rounding up all these robots and that's how they get um joe and david they're they're yeah. round up in this process which is awesome really the like a really cool scene with like these glow-in-the-dark like hound motorcyclists driving through the woods and magnetizing people sucking the things it's super cool mm -hmm. yeah well because i think the thing that you may you, that you, i don't think if you actually mentioned but yeah mad eye mooney's up there and yeah. the the moon is it's it's like a blimp it's <laughs> yeah it's a moon blimp. <laughs> like, 
when you first see the moon, it looks like the real moon just in the sky. And then you just see it slowly rising in the skyline. And then eventually, as the moon like gets to the point where you could see the end of the moon, you just see that it's got like, yeah, this like big cage on the bottom of it. <laughs> like it's a hot air balloon that the balloon has been made to look like an iridescent moon yeah. to fool the robots yeah. is what it seems like. And they all knew when it was coming. They're like, oh, moon's coming. The moon's coming. Moon on the rise. <laughs> Get out of here. Scramble. Yeah. But no, they, I mean, they, they rounded them up real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they and found the purpose, those robots real good. The purpose of rounding them up is to bring them to a flesh fair, which we're not going to see in action, fair. which is like an absolute mayhem situation yeah. of just like the most ridiculous ways you can destroy robots and they're doing it as like a sport. There's like a huge mm -hmm. audience, like a circus or like, a, like a, I almost have the energy of like a, was a monster truck show. Yeah. yeah. You're dem like you're wrecking all these cars, but instead uh -huh. of cars, you got like elaborate death machines for robots. Everyone's just like cheering on. I mean, elaborate all you're thinking. I think you're going a little bit too step. This is like, we have a bucket that's going to drop acid. Like, I don't no, know well, how they, elaborate some of these ones they are. Put, they put Chris Rock, as a robot into a cannon and then they shot the cannon through a circular ring of fire mm -hmm. and then through a plane propeller which chopped them in the little that's not elaborate i mean it's elaborate but stupid well <laughs> no, i would sign up to see that sounds like some crazy <laughs> stuff but again like this is where like the idea of are these robots conscious or not? Because we're supposed to believe that none of these robots have achieved conscious thinking. That's the idea of what David is trying to do is to be able to have like conscious, unprogrammed behaviors and thoughts. But if that's the case, why are some of the robots like begging for their lives? Why is none Chris of them Rock are begging saying, for their lives? Well, uh, Chris Rock is like, oh, like, I don't need to don't. do this, guys. Yeah, he's like, maybe don't kill me. But he wasn't like, please, I have kids. He wasn't like, like well, David no. bleeds. Yeah. But the it's this is a crazy scene too. Definitely I'd say watchable. But the, the yes. when they when they put and they put David in a cage with Joe and Teddy has been brought along this whole time. And he's mm -hmm. looking for David, somehow like gets carried and he finds the cage and's like crawling oh, like to get into the cage with to David. And then a little girl comes and swoops him up, takes Teddy. And then they take and then sees David and David's like, oh, it's, uh, my Teddy. And then she tells her dad, hey, there's a little boy in the cage. Mm -hmm. The dad is working for like the, this entire movie actually dad? listens to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, like an AV guy. He's just working the 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 pyrotechnics and the film <laughs> stuff that's going on in the in the death dungeon outside. And he just gets dragged to the cage because his child's like, there's a little little boy in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, yes. Well, you, again, this is why I go back and say, love Teddy. Everything about Teddy I enjoy <laughs> is like this, like Teddy is to me the robot that actually has love. And he loves friggin' David. Like David is he like for no reason, he's not tied to David. Like it's not like he has imprinted on David using the seven words or something. Like <laughs> Teddy just follows them because uh, he's not a part of the moon uh, capture. He just kind of follows them to the flesh fair. And then in probably, in my opinion, the best overall shot of the entire movie 
is when Teddy gets sent to um, Lost and Found. And so he gets like thrown between a few different workers where I don't know what Teddy weighs. At some points, it looks <laughs> like he might be like a pound. Other times, he might be like 15 pounds. Who knows? But yeah, he gets carried in this one really long tracking shot that shows us almost the entire flesh fair, like in a 360 Mm -hmm. as the dudes walking around the outside and go into the lost and found. That was a really good shot. Like I'm not one to always talk about tracking shots, but especially when you're seeing the world and this is like our first real view of what humanity would look like (laughs) in these kind of flesh fairs. Like it really did help set the mood. Yeah. Yeah. It was, this is again, one of the better parts of the movie for sure. And then when, when David is revealed in the cage, you got the dad of the little girl who's like, wow, this is crazy. A little kid mm-hmm. robot. It's so special. We shouldn't just rip him apart in the, in the festivities of the flesh fair. Let's take him and like figure out what to do with them. And then mad eyed Moody, who's like a, like a radical shows mm-hmm. up as like, hell no, here's money. I'm paying you off. I'm going to go execute this little boy right now. Mm-hmm. Which now which is the more unlikely scenario? These people turning on Mad-Eye Moody or the way that the Dark Knight ends with the with the two ships not blowing <laughs> each other up? That's right. I don't know I, which, I want, which... I want to play this scene, one, because it gives great exposition of, of the world. And I, I do like the framing of this, this worldview of like an anti-robot guy. Mm-hmm. And I love the actor. I think he he's mm, such yeah. a such a good presence in in this movie and any movie he's in. And uh, I like do Placid? think it's, come on now. <laughs> uh huh. And even Mad Eye Moody, I think that's up there. Um, but I love the end of the when the crowd turns. I think that's an hilarious. And this is part of why this movie is a good bad movie. Is that there's so many little twists that are ridiculous, but add to the add to the overall enjoyment. I think. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, what will they think of next? See here, a bitty box, a tinker toy, a living dog. Of course, we all know why they made him. To steal your hearts, to replace your children. This is the latest iteration in a series of insults to human dignity. And in their grand scheme to phase out all of God's little children. Meet the next generation of child designed to do just that. Do not be fooled by the artistry of this creation. No doubt there was talent in the crafting of this simulator. Yet with the very first strike, you will see the big lie come apart before your very eyes! Don't burn me! Don't burn me! I'm not Pinocchio! Don't make me die! I'm David! I'm David! I'm David! Mecca don't plead for their lives! Who is that? He looks like a boy! Built like a boy to disarm us! See how they try to imitate our emotions now! Whatever performance this sim puts on, remember, we are only demolishing artificiality. That's why I like this part (laughs) of the movie, because this seems interesting. Like, this world seems 
like ripe for more exploration. Like they're and they're them learning right then at that event that now they're creating little boy robots with emotions, mm-hmm. and that becomes like a oh this is a thing too far. It's unbelievable. That that's interesting to me. That's why I like the middle part. It's like a good short story. Yeah, I mean the introduction of the bitty bot as he calls it. That's, <laughs> that's just great. Boy. I mean off the cuff, he's coming up with a great nickname yeah. like bitty bot. Come on now. <laughs> You got to commend that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like all of a sudden where it's like, are you trying to be like an X-Men movie where you're like trying to make the correlation between robots are like, you know, Mutants. underclass citizens or like it's like racism. Like I, I can kind of get where they're trying to go, but there is the hard logical leap of these are machines. Like they are artificial. <laughs> and as of like- yet, I was gonna say I do like the idea that the old versions of the robots can't beg for their life because that is something they were smart enough to program in. Not yeah. not they, they would they don't have to obey commands, but they can't plead for their life because that's too yeah. much. That that's where you want to draw the line. No no instant like they're just gonna do what you say. They're just they just won't beg and whimper while you're killing them. <laughs> yeah, because that's tough. I don't know if I can handle that. So as you're I mean, trying to explode them for entertainment, let's just not have them beg for their lives. I feel like that should be a test that every like 11 through 13 year old goes through is they are presented with an, with a robot that is just begging for their lives and see, are you a sociopath enough to actually do harm to something that's asking you not to? That's interesting. That's an interesting uh, uh, psychological test. We could start running. I'm not, I'm not against to it. I'm not against it. Like for me. And if I were in this world, which now mm-hmm. looks to be somewhat Mad Maxi. All of a sudden, a little bit, yeah. Um, I think I'd be anti-robot. It feels like what is happening is a replacement situation, and whether the craftsmen behind David want to admit it or not, they're creating replacement children, and yeah. they're trying to make them have souls. And you know, that's where I say no. I think maybe I'm a crazy Mad Eye Moody supporter. But mm-hmm. when that crowd turns on him, I'm like, what is your core belief? Yeah. Why are you at a, a flesh field here? What's going on? I mean, yeah, this is like the the show don't tell of the idea of the very beginning where it's, okay, if a robot can love us, that's one thing, but can we love a robot? And we found the answer immediately. <laughs> yes. We can. Like, <laughs> this random crowd of people who hate robots enough to pay money to see robots get destroyed in fiery crashes and and oil (laughs) spills one one david robot just saying no don't do this i'm not pinocchio causes a full-scale riot yeah yeah and that's and that that's how they escape and that's the end of this cool story we now go into a different adventure but um it's absurd everything that's happening here truly is like this is crazy it's crazy that you would have you'd build up this world in in the course of like 15 minutes yeah. And then basically have this mini revolt situation over the concept of what David is. And then mm-hmm. we just like move on to the next stage where David continues his Pinocchio journey of becoming a real boy. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this was like when the mom was saying, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you about the you know the world. <laughs> this is like the only thing that she should have told him about. Let's let's yeah. talk a little bit about flesh fairs. <laughs> <laughs> and how you're perceived in the gen pop because it's not yeah. good. 
Like, because no one else in the, like, and maybe just the world thinks, oh, yeah, this random 10-year-old is just walking through life and they're not a robot. But when we get to the next location, <laughs> we go to, like, Sin City on Acid. And, yeah, like, crazy. no one is at all bothered by this little 10-year-old boy walking around, like, buildings that are that are legit in the shape of, like, women's bodies. Like, it was crazy, this city that we go to. Well, and we still don't really have a concept of how intermingled robots and humans are, because it seems like yeah. it's a free for all uh, of of just people walking in and out of buildings and doing their mm -hmm. own stuff. And we have no idea of what's going on in this city. It's yeah. David shows up. All we know is Joe gives him a lead that Doctor No is is where to is where you would go to find out more about the Blue Fairy, who could potentially mm -hmm. turn you into a real boy. And we got yeah. really the blind leading the blind here. Joe, yeah. a sex robot, has no idea what's going on. David has no idea what's going on. And we end up just, they go to this, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a, a business? Doctor knows a, 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 a Wikipedia type of service, like an algorithm yeah. that can give you answers to things, but it's like a paid situation and they're like multi-locational. It seems to be for-profit. Yeah, like essentially, like, and obviously I think the voice acting makes the connection, but essentially it's as if someone kidnapped the genie and just made him answer random questions for money. That I yeah. guess, that's well, what let, Dr. No is. <laughs> let's play the uh, opening situation here. When they get in to see Dr. No, this is what plays as a kind of an explanation of what his service is. Starving minds, welcome to Dr. No where fast food for thought is served up 24 hours a day in 40,000 locations nationwide. Ask Dr. No, there's nothing I don't. Tell me where I can find the Blue Fairy. Yeah, and then we go into like this weird trickery game where they need to ask in just the particular manner mm -hmm. using a combination of different search fields that are searchable within Dr. No's algorithm. It's a, a weird roundabout way of getting information from him i don't really understand why they did it yeah this is like this is like i don't know capitalism at its finest where it's like <laughs> it, you have to like pay per search that you put in and it's like one of those like old school like 80s or 90s bad horror movies where it's like the genie comes in and he'll grant you your wish but with like the the one twist you didn't expect yeah it's like, that's the bedazzle how situation yeah you ask, yeah. You ask a, a genie for something without enough context you're going to find yourself in like a little dick scenario yeah which which we all know we call it just the bedazzled situation <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's colloquially what it's called uh but i mean i i, I before we get too far into the the is it doctor or mr no i couldn't remember it's if doctor no I'm okay he's, i don't want to i need to put his, respect on that check yeah, yeah, he's got his master's <laughs> accomplished um but yeah so right after the flesh fair no idea how this most valuable robot of all time just skips out of security with Joe and they just wander off into more woods. And yeah, that's where they had this like banter back and forth of, I need to find the blue fairy. I did really like Jude Law's like, Oh, blue fairy is a woman. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. And he goes yeah, and love, goes like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all shtick I can get behind. Like I, I kind of wish we're following Joe. Like Joe's yeah. our point of view mm -hmm. character. And David's just like, guy drag our this little kid dragging him on on this like ghost adventure yeah i think uh, one thing i would have easily felt would have made this movie better is 
more more Joe and David time. And instead of showing us all of that family drama up front, cut that up and put that into like him dreaming. Like yeah, show David dreaming these things. That would make it so much easier to understand what's going on. And I don't need all of the random family drama that to me does not pay off. Yeah. I almost feel like this would this format is or this story is best told over a different format. I'm talking like a series. Like we have maybe a 12 episode HBO series where you're getting <laughs> because <laughs> i feel like it could be inter- it could be entertaining if you're exploring the world and less so david's remind me to cancel instance. my hbo max subscription if they go that. i don't know there's parts of this there's parts of this the the lure of this i like i like the mecca stuff i like the yeah. the orga stuff i like the flesh field or the flesh fairs all that stuff's interesting the way it's just like the names apparently <laughs> just keep the names well, and ditch the entire story that's half the battle <laughs> Let's have the battle. But anyway, when we get to the the end of this Dr. No riddle situation, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish I would have pulled exactly the 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 what the solution was, because it's another riddle, basically. Like you need to find where the lions cry. Yeah. And the, the I, at I the end the of the world. Of the end of the world where the lions cry. And Joe Which, puts it yeah. together that the end of the world is Manhattan. Sure. Makes, makes logical sense. That's apparently where a lot of mechas have gone. Why? <laughs> Are a lot of mechas searching and, for this? Well, this is this is the thing. Because we it's revealed later when they get to uh-huh. the the location where the lions cry that it was all a ruse. That this little situation that Dr. No was was revealing to them was orchestrated by the creator of David to get him yeah. to come back which he that creator was really counting on the mom have given him enough money for seven questions <laughs> yeah like he only had he insinuates that they've been like tailing him in some way and and knew kind of where he was in the journey and and then it was very we'll get to that in a second but before i get to the meeting between Oof. the creator and david we have to talk about when david first gets in that building where the lion's Be- Best scene of, of all time, potentially. Oh, my God. And he sees, it's like a dramatic reveal. He goes into this room, and there's like a chair in the corner, and it turns around to reveal... Dr. Evil style. Yeah. Another David. Oh, David in just an all-white jumper reading a book. Mm-hmm. And then we get into maybe rivaling the laughter scene of another just go full ham. Mm-hmm. Haley Joel. Just like take it as far as you can. When he beats the shit out of the other AI David, this is probably the most absurd part of the movie. And it's, again, why I think watchable from a bad angle, because this is you don't you can't pay for this type of entertainment. You can't you you can't. (laughs) Where else can you see one robot just absolutely destroying something that at that time we don't know if it's a robot. We have robot no idea what it is. We have no like, idea. We, like, this I, I is thought, like a mysterious reveal. Yeah, I thought at first, like, oh, shit, that's the living David. Like, that's the David yeah. that, that he was molded after. Uh-huh. And he's been, like, kept in, like, secret hiding or something like that. But, or no, cryo sleep, a, yeah. Yeah, ends up being a, a, a actual robot. But let, let's play this real quick, because it's, again, it sounds weird, but it's even weirder visually. Let's be friends. I can't hear you. <laughs> She's 
What have they created? What is this? Like again, I, I I had to take back everything I said about Henry. Henry's right. Love and hate <laughs> they clearly go hand in hand. Like because the this is why the the terms and conditions clearly stated you must destroy your abandoned David. You cannot <laughs> leave him in the woods because he will not stop. He'll go to any lengths for your love. Yeah, and this is he loves you so much result. he will he will destroy anything that he thinks is a rival. Like that's essentially what what we're being told, right? Yeah, when he's he saying like I'm the only one you. you can't have her. This Ooh, is boy. confirmation that he would have killed without a doubt Marlon. He would have destructed Marlon in a matter of time. It was a matter of yeah. time. You know, well, like there's there's the like the condition of face blindness blind blindness. I start I'm start slowly realizing I think you might have name blindness. What? <laughs> you cannot keep a person's name in your mind. It's not Marlin. It's Martin. It? Martin? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll have to play the tape again because honestly, I could be convinced that it's. Either. I mean, sure, why not? It's Marlin and it's Happy instead of Henry. <laughs> Whatever. It's Derek, original, not David. Original real boy son, real boy son. He would have been <laughs> OG destroyed. boy. OG boy. Um, but yeah, so we get David destroying the shit out of White Jumper David, who's just trying to be friends, which is a disturbing way to go yeah. out. And, and as as a great reaction shot, we see both Joe and Teddy both like reacting like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, and they Joe like out. back out of the room as yeah. if like, all right, bye, David. We, <laughs> we, we out of here. We didn't been a part of the baddies this whole time. Right. This is where like I'm like, Joe, you got framed for murder and then you somehow got hooked up with like a little child robot killer. Uh -huh. You're going down for a long time, Joe. Sorry. Yeah, it's all all this is a series of unfortunate events for Joe. He was just trying to have a good time. He was being a great sex robot and this gets yeah. framed and then goes down this, this torture tunnel with David. Mm. Um, so but, once yeah. the murder is accomplished and he's the sole David again, he then talks to original creator guy, which definitely don't remember his name. I don't know if we are. Uh, oh, they say it. it's like Hen like Abbott. It's like Dr. Uh, I don't know, Dr. William Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> The the guy from the from the very beginning who's talking about why not why wouldn't we just create a child with a soul? Yeah. So they 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 link back up. And uh is there anything you want to say before we play that clip? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just I'm so excited and terrified about the next 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be real quick on the because this is the worst part. This is even a bigger G than the opening. Like I would say the opening is a light G, middle. I would say is definitely an M. And yeah. then the ending is the worst kind of G you get. Capital G. Yeah, capital G. Stop it. Stop. Like, <laughs> this is the part where it's like, if you just, when they leave the for the flesh fair and you just like turn it off, you're better for it. Who cares? Agreed. Yep. Cares? You don't You don't need this last 45 minutes. You're good. Yeah. Back out. Back up. Be like Joe and Teddy. Back out of that room. You're done with the movie. <laughs> yeah, we're done here. 
Uh, instead, we get this. So this is with the the re the reu the reunion between creator and AI son. They were born robots. Didn't dream. Robots didn't desire unless we told them what to want. David, do you have any idea what a success story you've become? You found a fairy tale. And inspired by love, fueled by desire, you set out on a journey to make her real and most remarkable of all. No one taught you how. We actually lost you for a while. But when you were found again, we didn't make our presence known because our test was a simple one. Where would your self-motivated reasoning take you to the logical conclusion? The blue fairy is part of the great human flaw to wish for things that don't exist or to the greatest single human gift. The ability to chase down our dreams. And that is something no machine has ever done until you. Why? I don't know. Why? Why do you want this? What? What is this good for humanity? Is to make these bunch of. We already are told by Joe that humans are upset about robots because they're going to be the people who survive. Why yeah. are we now like? Is this a punishment? Is this like, haha, robots? You are going to survive us. Well, we're going to make you all long that you're humans who are now long dead. We're going to make yeah. it so you are forever unhappy because you don't have us. It's that's really the core problem with this. Is what are you doing? The world is in this Mad Max state. There's a limited amount of resources, and you're putting your mission into creating a child, a perpetual permanent child with a soul capable of loving a species that's dying out. This is, it's, it's so wild. And the, 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 the implication that he's saying they have been tracking him mm -hmm. and monitoring this as an experiment, how long? Is it back when he was with the family or is it when, it, when she dropped him off at the forest? Is it somewhere else along the way that started like, oh, let's just see what happens with this kid mm -hmm. and, and see if he, if he has this quest to, to do something against like, and, and just pure belief and faith. And, and that's the goal, apparently. I, I am more worried about did, did, uh, did mommy cause Henry his job? Because I'm pretty sure Henry's going to get fired. Like you signed a very legal contract saying if you don't want this kid, you return him back to us. Yeah. And then you not only left him in the woods, but at some point they must have had a conversation because that's how they know about this whole blue fairy nonsense to program the the doctor. No. So at some yeah. point they talked to mommy. Uh, yeah. Like jail time. It's it doesn't make any sense. Like they're making it seem like this was the point all along. Yeah. Yet when he's in this room, so Dave, so David, another stupid scene. Like the creator guy mm -hmm. is like, "Oh, stay here in the seat while I go and grab the team, so you can all like we can all glad hand each other and like say, oh, look, we did it.' That's literally what he says. I'm gonna go get yeah. the team so we can all have like a congratulatory meeting. Yeah. And David has like a, a mental breakdown and commits suicide. Like, in just as a as a simple question. If California broke off, as it said it's going to be doing, and like, I know it won't be like an actual island. <laughs> as but they said they're if, going to be doing. <laughs> if, if like the entire city is underwater, except for just like the tippy tops of certain skyscrapers, do you still think that that's where the headquarters of a multinational corporation would be located? Why are people working in a submerged Manhattan? Yeah, and, and and when I say David killed himself, it's not immediately. He he leaves that room when he's told to stay, mm -hmm. and he sees like a toy room with this yeah. like comically large boxes 
that say the names of David and, and whoever the girl. Darlene, I think it was. Darlene, whatever. Like, you kidding me? You're shipping him in child-sized boxes to houses? Like, that's crazy. But that's apparently the assembly line they've got set up. There's like dozens of these robots. A bunch of drones just ready to drop them off at people's yeah. houses. Get ready for murder bots. Apparently, and there's like shipping from an uninhabited Manhattan that's underwater. <laughs> that's the the warehouse. But, Which apparently is mecha restricted, and yet mecha can just come and go. Like again, if the mecha are machines that we have programmed, they should not be able to go into a restricted area that is yeah. for mecha's like reserve organics only. Like yeah. where are they your no, safeguards? No, like, yeah, they have no safeguard programming at all. And like when they when back when Joe rips off his like little <laughs> status bar. It says if he's good or bad, like that shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be like, building on a status. Yeah. That is it a good robot or a bad robot? But they could just take that off. Yeah. What? Crazy. So, but any, so David has a meltdown. And they had a, oh, do you remember that face? With the, with the blue. And it was like, oh, it was yeah. David's silicone fleshy face mm-hmm. that you could put your head behind so you could see the world through a David face. Mm-hmm. That was disturbing, and then when David does it, it's a double, double David. Fa- I'm like, what is this even? Is this like a meta statement? Yeah, yeah it's like straight out of Face Off. They, you know, they take his face off, and he's looking through a, his own version of another David face. Like, it's a, it's a unique shot. I like the shot itself, but it is creepy. It is weird. And this is where, again, if you haven't already turned the movie off, do it because nothing else is needed. Because, yeah, David, we're going to assume whatever robot version of suicide, he just dives off of this huge skyscraper into the ocean below. Tell me, we get, tell me you're going you're to talk about the fish, right? Yeah. What is, oh like, we talked God. about the helper whale in Castaway. This is 18 steps beyond that whale waking up Tom Hanks. This yeah. is a, a school of fishes. <laughs> picking up david and then like swimming with him apparently exactly to where he needs to go like yeah great then, job fishes yeah because what he sees is a a um a statue of the blue fairy for some uh, ridiculous uh, reason underwater. somewhere in new york it used to be underwater yeah it used to be like yeah. it seemed like a fair or some sort of theme park and as he sees it Joe then submerges with their like helicopter thing they stole mm-hmm. and saves David. Yep, he, sure. They can breathe. They don't need to breathe. So it's not really he's going to die, but he grabs him from underwater, pulls him back up. And then David's like, no, I need to go back down. I saw the blue fairy. Then we get Joe getting sucked away and killed. Like, goddamn Joe, man. So sad. Like he, yeah. Ah, he like he sag- he saves David only to like immediately, immediately be like, yeah, just grabbed from the sky by the robot police. Yeah, I got that scene here because it's sad. But also, you know, he goes out in style. Mm-hmm. I saw it, Joe. I saw it. The place where she lives. She's right down there, Joe. She is? She's waiting for me. We have to go. <laughs> don't know who this like police force is, but they found him. When you become a real don't go into mecha restricted areas. Remember me to the ladies when you grow up. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, David. 
I am. I was. I will be. <laughs> I will be. Well, like, two things. Joe, he's not going to grow up. He's got a twisted, horrible fate of being a perpetual child. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Remember me to the ladies? That's your going to be, that's your going out? Yeah. I mean, I would have liked him to do the little cock of his neck and play some music as he was going out, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Within his finger? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, we lose the uh, best character. Joe's gone. Somehow yep. Teddy's still around. I don't know if we're like keeping track of how Teddy's being brought around, but he's still with David. Well, Teddy was with Joe when they backed out of the room to go find the amphibicopter, apparently. Great name. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's already in the amphibicopter when Joe rescues David, and he just, Teddy, of course, isn't going to get sucked up by the by the <laughs> robot, please. He's better yeah, than he's, that. Yeah, yeah he knows what's going on. He knows yeah. what's he, he knows what he stitched inside himself that still needs to come out. Yeah, and this is the part where I really just want to skim right by because it's like, what the what? This is the biggest foul you could have in a movie, I think, is aliens. But that's just really what it becomes. Is this is now an alien flick? He's he gets back down into the water, yeah. and he goes right where he can see the blue fairy in the amphibicopter. Yep. And then he just goes into a trance and just keeps saying, make me a real boy, make me a real boy for, for how I long, kid, Matthew? I kid you not. <laughs> a thousand years. Two thousand years. We flash forward. What a time jump. We time jump it. Two thousand years. Everything's frozen. Everything's shut down. Everyone's dead. Everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. And then we get just an alien finish for the next 20 minutes. I don't know like, what's going on. I don't know why they're there. I don't know how long they've been there. If that's the narrator in the beginning, could be. I don't know what the purpose of this is. Like, when you say 20 minutes, like, it's legit. No joke. Over 25 minutes of frozen amphibicopter looking at a statue of a blue fairy, <laughs> followed by alien nonsense nonsense there's no coherent situation here we don't know anything about these aliens are they here for resources they seem to think we're special i'm like we exterminated ourselves we're not special you guys have cool ass helicopters a way of like projecting images to each other they have this weird situation where they're they they extract david from the helicopter Mm -hmm. from the amphibicopter unfreeze them and then start reading his mind through touch and they like link up and they all share with you. Like, that's cool. You're way better than us. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Take what you can from this frozen world and be mm-hmm. gone because there's nothing to find. Why do you care? Why do you care? Like I, I am, I am someone who I like rules. Like I like it when a movie stat or any kind of story sets a rule and, and then it works within that rule. So I will give it the fact that these aliens do set up a rule, but it seems like the most arbitrary rule I've ever yeah. heard of in my life. Because essentially the idea is that aliens rescue David. They unthaw him because in this 2000 years, the earth has turned into an ice planet again. So they're excavate, or excavating all of New York. They're unfreezing un, uh, it. They find David. They reanimate him. And David, of course, says, I want to be a real boy. And the aliens essentially say, <laughs> well, 
if you happen to have DNA from somebody, oh, yeah. we can make a physical copy of them. However, the it's only they they go insane or like <laughs> they, they, they 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 forget commit. their entire existence. Yeah. After and 24 hours. After 24 hours, like it's a one time done. We can only yeah. recreate a person once for 24 and then, hours. And then they why? say they're gone forever, which I don't know what that means. Like they're they're yeah. not gone forever before you bring them back. Like where are they now? Are they somewhere? And then I bring them back for 24 hours and then they are gone forever. That's sad. That seems right? worse. But let's play. But, this is the reveal that yeah. Teddy has the hair. And I lose my shit that this is supposed to be a reveal. I don't I Teddy. could not have cared less. But uh, let's play it. I mean, it's probably worth it for the, the alien voice to match up with the opening. Let's see if it's the same guy. David. Oh, it's a woman. She can <laughs> never come home. Nope. Because 2,000 years have passed. Oh. And she is no longer living. She didn't live? Dearest David, when you are lonely... We can bring back other people from your time in the past. It's wild. You can bring back other people. Why can't you bring back her? Whisper that. Because we can only bring back people whose bodies we dig up from the ice. We need some physical sample of the person. Like a bone or a fingernail. Or a piece of hair. David. Now, Teddy. Do you remember when you cut some of mommy's hair? Henry shook me. And you dropped her hair? I know. I know. Terrible move. Like, Teddy would be a fantastic RPGer. Like, that dude just keeps everything in case it's ever needed. Like, oh, yeah. hey, that one item that we had 18 years ago, or in this case, 2,000 years ago. Yeah, I've had that the entire time. I have also have yeah. Joe's little fancy head plate in case you need that. <laughs> got some thumbtacks. Like, right. I got I got that lady from the Flesh Fair. I got her finger in case you want to bring back a robot. <laughs> You're absolutely crazy. And then it's just like, they bring her back. They bring her back. They spend a wonderful 24 hours together doing everything that David wants. And then she dies, I guess. And he they go to sleep. He sleeps, sleeps, which is the big reveal at the end is like, now I guess he's a real boy because he can like physically go to sleep. Okay. I mean, you just slept boy. for 2000 years. Like, but he didn't sleep. He just like went into a frozen state. I don't know. You tell but me the this, difference. At of this the point, <laughs> this is well, this is him. Shutting down, maybe down. I don't know. I no idea, no idea what that could be. That's it, though. Yeah, we don't get anything. End of movie. That's <laughs> it. Movie. I thought you were gonna play the. I thought you were gonna play the the audio or something. I'm like, All no, right, then that's it. Just it. No, he just. <laughs> that's yeah. End of movie. Roll credits. Have a good time, everybody. <laughs> Legitimately, two and a half hours later, he goes to sleep, and like, everyone. movie. This that was the best way ends. to tell the story. With yeah, with all right, yeah, all of humanity is dead. Aliens are essentially doing like Indiana Jones style excavation of like, oh, what was this civilization like? Oh, we found robots. Let's bring back their humans for a day and see what happens. 
Like why? Like if you want to ask why are humans making robots that can feel? Why are why are aliens bringing back robots? Uh, why do they want to know? Why do they want to? They say when I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to get into like other ideas of what they could have done to get more information from humans and just like pulling David's crazy existence memories. Like if that's what they're basing human life off of is David's experiences. Right. They're better off just ignoring it because that's the most crazy existence I can I could ever anticipate trying to yeah. base things off of. I will say again that you know, like with most of the movie, the graphics and things, there it's it's interesting. Like the alien ships, like are essentially they look like big like cubes that can shape shift as needed and don't really have any kind cool? of way of propelling themselves. Those they look kind of they look like flying shoe boxes a little bit, but they were kind of cool how they broke up and how yeah, they flew nice. around. And again, the the effects are are worth it. The effects are yeah. worth it. I think the the craziness of the middle part worth it. Absolutely don't watch the last 40 minutes. No reason. It's you not even like it. entertaining bad. It's just no. Don't do it. Um, but that that yeah, that wraps it up. I think you 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 again settled on a on a firm G. This is a do not watch, do not like, get out of my face. Yeah, this is I, I will never be putting AI on again. Uh, <laughs> um, now, is it like the deepest of garbage? No, no. This is like on the top <laughs> of the garbage pan. Like, uh, there's still some goodness there. If someone was really hungry, they could still eat some some stuff off this and get some nutrition. But it is not what I'm looking for when I when I'm putting on a movie. No, no, no way. No, no thank you. No, thank <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be done with it. This is one that, again, both of us didn't see. So there was a chance that it would have yeah. surprised. For me, I do I, I do think it's bad. It's definitely a garbage movie. Garbage. But <laughs> I I think it's worthy of a watch and a recommendation to maybe a group of friends that like absurdity, that like fantasy and, and want to see something silly. And mm-hmm. again, it, the graphics hold up. I think the that part of it still is very entertaining. So... It doesn't, it's not bad in that way. Uh, and a rewatch, it's not like campy. But I think in the right circumstances, go out there, have a good time, watch it, watch 40 minutes of this movie and and, and have fun. The, the problem is, is that at least for me, there are moments that are enjoyable as kind of that bad movie experience, but there's too much earnestness. Like this movie it's wants trying to be to very, be yeah, it's trying to be want, very yeah. thought provoking. Yeah, and like those ones aren't always enjoyable as bad movies because they don't have the fun. Like sometimes, like you know, again, like a face-off where they're not like they're they're not playing it serious. It's you're able to see. All right, now I can enjoy maybe the campness of it and like it, laugh at it, laugh at the jokes with them. Like they know that this is not something that should be seen as an artistic conversation. And this one just takes that step and goes, well, no, we're serious, we're artistic. Yeah. And so the funniness, the funness just doesn't come out to me a little bit. No. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that's it's it's got too many faults to count. <laughs> but um, at this point, we can we can move on. We're getting close to the the first round of uh, or the first half of the first round being mm-hmm. in the books, which will which will have a little um, break from the movie reviews and go into a little bit of the head to head competition. So I'm getting excited about that. Me too. I like, um, we've seen some we've seen some interesting variety of movies and for the most part 
they've been pretty good. I would say as a whole, you know, there's a, you know, one or two outliers, but the movies we've seen, I've been almost all recommends, at least in the memorable category. Um, so yeah, we have two more movies that we're going to be doing these next two weeks. And then we will take the eight movies that we have done so far and put them head to head. And we'll kind of do a uh, half of the bracket. So that means next week, we will be finishing up with my last selection of 2001, mm-hmm. which will be Enemy at the Gates. Another another long one. Uh, yeah. Another uh, could go either way with me. I know you you like this movie. This is one that you picked for me. Definitely not one that I have any fond memories of. So mm. I'm coming in with a skeptical eye. We'll see. Uh, but this is this is the one of the the few movies this go around that we've had a pretty solid agreement on. Well, at least yeah, I mean Shrek, I feel Shrek, yeah, maybe a little bit of uh, of um, Knight's Tale, even though I think our our our, our O, you, I was an O and you're an M on that one. Yeah, yep. Same thing with um, Legally Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Well, the last two, I think we've been we've been we've been a part on, but yeah, but I mean, one, hey, yo. Guess who had himself a year in 2001? Mr. Jude Law. We go from AI to enemy he, at the gates. He's had himself a career. He's just great. <laughs> true. True enough. All right. Well, that puts right, an well, end you got anything to else? AI. No, I think I'm done. I think right. um, our audience is, is ready to move on from AI as well. I'm sorry for those of you <laughs> uh, who do not like this genre. This is one that it, it's a, it, it, it gets a, it gets a representative every, every, year so this one just was kind of a denser maybe too serious of a sci-fi i think Mm -hmm. most years we're going to see lighter entries from this genre yeah i I would agree yeah but eh, the floor is yours my friend to end it how you see fit all right well (laughs) it just takes one to say it we have been the omgs and remember we will be watching nothing all right all right I thought you were going to pop in. That's fine. No, no. I said it's the four is yours. I just want you to know that that wasn't as good as both of us doing it together. And you're going to hear about no, it. Well, okay. Next time we'll do it your <laughs> way. And then we'll, we'll compare. <laughs>